Someone that knows Flag Day and most of the other major patriotic holidays is Brian Kilmeade, who in addition to being a New York Times bestselling author, in addition to being the co-anchor of Fox and Friends, hosts about five or six other shows on Fox Networks, and uh, also did a phenomenal job, in addition to being a nationally syndicated radio talk show host, did a phenomenal job at the uh, Talkers Conference last week. Uh, Brian, it was great to see you in person. I thought you did a great job on that panel with uh, John Caracciolo and our friend Harry Hurley. Yeah, uh, Talkers Magazine, the premier magazine of everybody does things like this, uh, talk radio. Have a chance to see everybody at Hofstra. Unfortunately, I could not get to the thrust of it. When did you get there, Frank? Because I had to do the show. Sure. Uh, tape uh, tape the Saturday show. And then by the time I got there, I think it was 4.45. Yeah, I think you probably just wanted to skip the panel that I was on. So nobody would ask you, hey, can you believe? Oh, you were actually mentioned in my panel. Dom Giordano asked me if um, if you were my mentor. I said, absolutely not. No need to insult Brian <laughs> that way. <laughs> Uh, you don't need it. I mean, come on. Really? <laughs> uh, no, I need all the help I could get. Believe me. Uh, Brian, obviously, if you stepped outside yesterday... Uh, could, you... I, could I say it would probably be Joe Piscopo, wouldn't it be? Uh, well, I, I, absolutely. I mentioned a few people, including including Joe, uh, Curtis Lewa, and uh, John Gambling, and, and several others that I've been... And John Katsimatidis, even before he owned a radio station, that's for sure. But... Um, one of the one of the things that I think everybody in our area has taken note of is the fact that we're now living in the movie Blade Runner 2049. We're living in a science fiction dystopia. And uh, Chuck Schumer and uh, many others are citing climate change as the reason yeah. these wildfires are so out of control. I, I know you, you bristle at that. How come? Because a, a, forest, fi- uh, a forest fire burns in Canada... And this happens all the time. The wind just happens to be going this direction. A couple of years ago, it was record low fires in Canada. Why do I know that? Because people were comparing California and Canada and saying, why is Canada doing so great with with fires? And, uh, you know, Donald Trump was out there with uh, the worst governor ever, Governor Gavin Newsom. And he was saying, hey, guys, clean up your uh, clean up your forests. Be like Canada. And Canada's numbers were so low. Well, this year they're a little high. And next year, they'll probably be really low. But no one's going to say, look how clear the sky is and look how few trees are burning in Canada because we wait for something wrong. And I, the last thing I ever want to see is guys standing up saying, stay indoors. I was getting flashbacks uh, from the pandemic, but that was our mayor. And then, of course, AOC comes out and says this is another example of the com- combustion engine uh, being a problem. And CNN's got to get to wheel out their guy that works once a year. Uh, Bill Weir, I think his name is Bill Weir, and he's the guy who always does climate change things. And by, and then you have Secretary Kerry, oh, excuse me, Czar Kerry, coming out and saying this is like D-Day. This is as uh, perilous as D-Day. Here's what AOC says. Between New York City wildfires, smoke, and this in uh, Puerto Rico, bears repeating how unprepared we are for climate crisis. We must adapt our food systems, energy crisis, and infrastructure, and health care. Exactly. Uh, let's well, look out. For, for, we should prepare for fires. Put, putting aside the uh, hyperbolic politicians that use any crisis as an opportunity to push their agenda, whatever that agenda happens to be, when when you when you take issue, and not just you, but I've heard other people take issue with the guidance to stay indoors. You don't think it's a good idea to go outside when it's this smoky and breathe when it, there's all the smoke out there, do you? 
I don't know. Uh, you got to live your life. I mean, you just use your judgment. Uh, you know, we, do, we, don't, we can't just go into a fetal position every time something gets challenging. Agree. Absolutely. Believe me. You walk and get go shopping and, you know, people want to panic again. Uh, go outside. The air is not great. But I tell you what, the air is already cleaned up. I come into New York City. We came, I came in an hour ago. Dramatically better than yesterday. Long Island, a little bit worse. So it's going to be gone in a couple of days. People are just using it as an opportunity uh, to look, push for the electric car. And that that's what just drives me nuts. The And by the way, we covered this a little bit earlier in the program. As you might have seen in that Guardian opinion piece by Mr. Bean, the electric car is no bargain when it comes to emissions that it takes to manufacture them. It's not exactly it's not exactly a green machine, those electric cars. So uh, I think the, the truth about the foot, carbon footprint of these electric cars is much more nuanced than the auto manufacturers that produce them would, would have folks believe. I got to ask you about the presidential race, Brian. It seems like every day uh, this week, there's a new presidential candidate jumping into this race. Yesterday, it was uh, Chris Christie. Christie is the sixth current or former governor in the race. Uh, That includes the governor of North Dakota, Doug, uh, Doug Burgum. Do voters these days care about experience? All these governors, DeSantis, Haley, Burgum, Christie, they're all banking on the idea that voters are interested in their executive experience. Trump got elected with no experience in elective office. Obviously, he ran a company, and that's a type of executive experience. Do voters care about that stuff these days? They should. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They should. They said, you know, Mike Pence declared Mike Pence played a big role uh, helping the president. The president didn't know how Congress worked. Why would he? he? You know, in detail, he can do it out of a textbook. But what about in real life? Mike Pence ran interference for him. I think that the the conversation about being able to run a state and being solely responsible for keeping the trains running on time and dealing with crises is, is the best training possible for running a country. I'm, I'm one of those people who agree as opposed to, in theory— the Senate, which is supposedly a big debating society mm-hmm. where you go back and forth and there's no pressure to get anything done for the most part. It, it's uh, You talk about theories and uh, prospects and projections. So I'd much rather have a, uh, in theory, judging by who it is, I'd much rather have somebody that's in charge of a state that says, you know, if you don't do something now, um, there's going to be a problem. And therefore, you have to work across the aisle. I mean, how many times did you hear about Governor George W. Bush getting along with Democrats in Texas? He's like, I had no choice. Plus, Democrats in Texas, he said, were different. But I got to get stuff done, and I don't, didn't have that type of power. It was just instinct. And you want that instinct coming to Washington to get things done. Because if you're a member of the Freedom Caucus, it's great. The Tea Party is great. But it's not a great governing caucus because there's no play there. This is what I believe, and this is what I will fight for. Okay, great. But then what are you going to get done while you're fighting and then you realize you can't get everything you want? What are you going to compromise on? A lot of those those committees uh, and those caucuses, they just don't compromise. And if they don't get everything, they consider it a loss. Hence what's going on in, in, uh, at the House right now. 
It looks like the Republicans are stopping Kevin McCarthy from voting on even the smallest measure. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. To punish him for the debt ceiling Mm. uh, left. The other big news that came out in the last 24 hours is it's being reported that the Justice Department is closing in on a Trump indictment as part of the classified documents probe. Last time Trump was indicted in what all the legal experts agree, Jonathan Turley, Alan Dershowitz, uh, Judge Napolitano, everybody, Greg Jarrett, was the weakest case, it was the Alvin Bragg case. The last time he was indicted, his poll numbers actually improved, and it was a fundraising bonanza for him. Putting aside the legal implications, because I guess until we see the indictment, we don't know how strong or weak this case is. But putting aside the legal implications politically, do you think a federal indictment helps, hurts, or does neither at this point? Well, you know, it's going to be so interesting because this is the big difference. Now he's got, I think, 11 opponents running just for the GOP nomination. And they might say, look at the, you know, you really going to nominate a guy who's going to be in this much legal trouble? He's going to be too distracted to run the country, too distracted to campaign. Don't you deserve better? I'm younger. Uh, I'm smarter. I'm never going to take documents like that. Or do you do what Mike Pence did yesterday? I should, he said, I should not have taken those documents home. President uh, Biden shouldn't have taken those documents home, and neither should the former president. I just hope they don't indict because it's going to truly divide the country. Can you imagine this country if they try to put, and this is where it's heading, try to put the former president in jail? You talk about a divisive issue. You think, uh, and I'm believe me, I'm not threatening. I'm just observing. And I know what the Trump supporters are like. Do you think that's going to be okay knowing that Joe Biden did, took even more documents and had it over the course of 30 years? And you're going to put him in jail because there's a misunderstanding between his legal team? And what the Library of Congress wants or the archives wants, some librarian is ticked off. You're going to put your, uh, President Trump in jail and not divide the country and not look at a double standard. That's what Mike Pence was saying yesterday. So this is going to be the big difference. Uh, this is going to be Jack Smith. Uh, and we like to know right away, tell me what was in the Penn Center. Tell me what was in the University of Delaware. Tell me what was in his lawyer's office. Tell me what was in the Joe Biden Chinatown offices. You know, tell me what was by the Corvette in the garage. How come we don't know any of this? And I can tell you right now, 300 boxes, they say, that contain classified documents of uh, President Trump. He gave up some right away and they gave some of it back. And now that's the reason you raid and that's the reason you indict. That's the reason why you get his lawyers, put them under oath and have them give up their client. And it looks like Mark Meadows uh, somehow worked out some type of plea deal. I'm not sure what it is. So that could get a lot worse. It, it, you know, sitting back, Frank, not doing the play by play on this like we do, people are going to have a huge problem with this. I agree. I think people sort of get dizzy with all the various Trump legal in, in investigations and so forth. So it's going to be interesting where, to see where that goes. Well, that was quick. CNN has a new president. Chris Licht is 
out, and uh, a lot of people are Monday morning quarterbacking and listing all the things that he did wrong. What some people, particularly on the left, are saying is the problem that Chris Licht was pursuing was he was seeking to move CNN to a center that no longer exists. Obviously, you're as the biggest expert on cable news that I know personally. What do you think went wrong with Chris Licht's leadership at CNN? Well, I mean, he was replacing a guy that was very popular, uh, Jeff Zucker, who many people perceive was railroaded out because they just wanted him out. They made up some issue, it seems, of his longstanding uh, relationship he had with another executive and said, well, that's a violation of human resources. So that ticked off everyone in the building. And then he comes in there and says, uh, CNN Plus, we're going to get rid of that. It's a waste of time. No one's watching. We don't want to know. We don't, believe it or not, want to spend zillions of dollars on Jake Tapper's book club. Who would have thought? So that gets blown up. So they're right there. They have to let go of a bunch of people. Then you let go of the popular news director. And then he comes in, and uh, there's no Cuomo, which is relatively good. Then he sues back, and the, the lawsuits are flying back and forth, and the accusations are heating up between uh, now former uh, CNN bigwigs, Cuomo and Zucker. So that's a distraction. Brian Stelter insults the new management team, and then he gets fired. That's a distraction. Then in go- down goes Don Lemon, uh, the worst cast of a morning show that I've seen in quite some time, it seems. They just don't seem to, I'm not saying they're not all talented. They don't seem to like each other at all. So I don't know what he was thinking there. He said he was some type of genius uh, to put that together. So I have no idea. So, you know, I got my hands full here just doing what I'm doing. So I can't analyze CNN. But I do think there's there's always room for people being fair. You know, I toss out to Trey Yinks, tell me what's happened with Israel and the Palestinians. That you don't need an opinion there. You know, you're trying to find out what happened with the dam breaking in Kyrgyzstan. Sure. You don't need an opinion there. You don't need an opinion on the debt. You know, you need a, and you need a reporting on the debt ceiling. Then you need analysis. And then once in a while you say the Democrats were better. And then once in a while you say the Republicans are better. And it doesn't mean you're partisan. There's commentary and there's reporting. But like when you have the seems to me when you have the town hall with uh, Donald Trump and he's a former president and might be a future president and people in the building are upset by that. You don't belong in a news organization. He is newsworthy. He is leading the Republican Party and beating the current president in in nine out of ten polls. How would you not have him on on a town hall? How it's executed is something else. But to me, there's no debate on that. I mean, if if Barack Obama says, I'd like to come out on Fox and talk about the state of the country and they go, well, I, you know, and people say, oh, I don't I don't like him. What does that have to do with anything? Former president of the United States wants to come out and talk about the state of the country. And, you know, you've set up some time. You know, Jimmy Carter, whatever, whatever it is. Sure. You set up George W. Bush. Well, especially someone that's an active presidential candidate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next there. Uh, Brian, we're going to have to end it there. Uh, a lot happening on the presidential race. A lot happening with choking on sm- on smoke. A lot happening with these uh, Trump investigations. Check Brian Kilmeade out on the radio and on Fox and Friends and all weekend long. Brian, it's always a treat. Go get him, Frank. 800-848-9222. 15 seconds of fame straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.